Hey everyone, this is Corey from And The Podcast Will Rock. On Saturday, December 17th, Mark and I held a little live show uh, on YouTube and on our website uh, that we uh, dubbed the Deep Dive December, where we invited uh, some of our buddies from the Deep Dive Podcasting Network on the show uh, to talk a little Van Halen with us, as well as uh, some other fellow podcasters. Uh, tonight, you're going to get part one of that uh, marathon five and a half hour uh, live stream that we did. Uh, I just wanted to come on here real quick first and just apologize for the audio. Uh, two things. One, uh, I was trying a, a whole new setup uh, on this live show with with OBS and a bunch of uh, other different applications, which uh, visually I think uh, went pretty well. Uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, you can actually watch the full video uh, of these shows. I'm, I'm kind of cutting them down uh, a little bit to make them a little more uh, easier to ingest for you. But uh, uh, but the audio, uh, it was a real issue. And I couldn't hear that in my headphones when we were recording uh, it's very uh, thin and buzzy and gross, and the song doesn't sound so great. Uh, so I just wanted to apologize up front uh, for the audio, but I felt that the content was good enough that we would uh, keep the show uh, kind of as is. I tried to clean it up uh, as much as I could, which isn't very much, unfortunately, but uh, I hope you'll stick with it because we've got a tremendous panel and, and some great songs we're going to be covering uh, off of these three uh, upcoming episodes. So uh, please uh, enjoy part one of Deep Dive December right here on And The Podcast Will Rock. Welcome all you rockers, rockettes, and everything in between, whatever you want to label yourself, it's all good. You have joined us for another live edition of And The Podcast Will Rock. Welcome. I am your co-host, Mark Kameyer. With me, as always, is Corey Morissette and so much more. Corey, how you feeling? Are you excited? Do you have your festive boozy drink with you? I've got an entire uh, decanter uh, of boozy drinks. You can't see because of the damn Zoom uh, background. But, yeah, it's been a very stressful day. I was working all day. The hockey game I was shooting went very late. Uh, so I had to rush here and kind of get everything uh, on the road. It's my first time using OBS for a live stream with Zoom with all these overlays and everything else. So the odds of me keeping the train on the track are slim to none. Uh, but we're going to have a good time, hopefully. Absolutely. No, I have every confidence in the world in you, and so does everybody else. Well, but we do, and that's uh, that's that's what that's what matters. It's about believing. That's what uh, the holidays are all about. We believe in you, uh, and the people believe in us. Some of those people are uh, some guests that we have joining us for the live show. Yes, uh, we built this as Deep Dive December. We wanted to hear from our, our Deep Dive brethren and our fellow podcasters. Uh, so we, we bought, uh, brought some of our favorites on here tonight, and hopefully some more uh, are going to be popping on a little later. Uh, let's start here on the bottom of our screen. You see in the deep, dark shadows is the sexiest man alive, Tom McGinnity. Uh, right next to him is his brother, Sean. They are the uh, Sean Geek and Fast Red Podcast. How's it going tonight, boys? Awesome. Sweet. 
thank you very much for, for coming on the show. I know you were scheduled to be on the, the first live show, uh, but some uh, family matters kind of got in the way. So we're, we're lucky that you guys were able to take a Saturday off in December and join us here tonight. Yeah, it's great. We just, uh, I just finished wrapping, finished wrapping all the Christmas gifts like 10 minutes ago. Thanks. Actually, I just did, I just did the same thing. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's perfect because there's still time to get something to me. Uh, Manitoba is not that far from uh, Saskatchewan. I don't know if it'll get to Mark in time, but uh, mine will arrive, so that's good. It, it, it will not, but uh, but I would appreciate just the uh, uh, it's the thought that counts. So you know, we'll just we'll just assume that uh, the thoughtful gift is on the way. Speak, okay. Speaking of thoughtful, uh, he has been so good to the show, and uh, he keeps. Uh, uh, on whenever our whims, uh, you know, we, we decide we want a video recorded or anything. Kevin Brown is more than happy uh, to uh, to do it up for us. We're actually going to play one here tonight. But uh, Kevin Brown, host of the Tom Petty Project and the brand new Seaside Pod Review, where uh, you know you guys are spinning a wheel. It's very unique. It's never been done before in podcast <laughs> history. But it, it's a fantastic show. I love what you guys are doing over there. Kevin, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thanks so much, man. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. It was great last time on the live stream, so I'm really looking forward to it. And I've got my uh, coffee, coconut, chocolate, stout ready to go. So we'll see how the night evolves after three or four of these. Could be good. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> and when you're talking the Deep Dive Podcast Network, you're talking about the godfather of the Deep Dive Podcast Network. I think he's been on every show. He's listened to every single episode of every single show. So we're going to be throwing to him a lot. Uh, you know, he's a podcaster. He's an author. He's an amateur magician. Uh, you know, he, you could see him uh, performing with Cirque du Soleil on the Las Vegas Strip. It's the one and only Scott Haskin. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's, uh, I had such a good time last time. I was really excited when I found out you were doing another one. Yes, and uh, we were hoping that more folks from the Deep Dive Podcast Network could make it, but unfortunately, you know, this is a busy time of year. Uh, so many of our uh, podcasting brethren are, are overseas. Uh, so I know uh, uh, Hattie from the uh, Judas Priestcast was saying, well, I might show up, but it's 8 a.m. on Sunday uh, when, when you guys are, are going live. So uh, she, wasn't, she wasn't sure if she could make it, but uh, we're happy to have Scott here because we're just going to put him on the spot when it comes to every single show when we go through the, uh, the rundown. Maybe, Scott, as you do on the Backtracks Aerosmith show every week, why don't you give us a rundown on all the shows that people can find on the Deep Dive Podcast Network? Well, I would be happy to do that, Corey. Uh, my gateway drug into this podcasting world was Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast. Uh, I have a podcast called Uriah Heap the Magician's Podcast. We have The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered, Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the Other Side. We have Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Paul, Joe, and David at In the Lap of the Pods, our Queen Podcast. Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge, our Hawkwind podcast. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. We have Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Aussie podcast. We have Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. George and Hattie at Judas Priestcast. Mark, our own Mark and Corey at And the Podcast Will Rock, which we're listening to right now. John and Corey and myself do another show called Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. And then John and Corey do another show called Backtracks Theme Music. A lot of nepotism in this brotherhood. We have Clay and Rye at the North by South podcast. Greg and Jonathan and So Far, So Pod, So What. We have Kevin at the Tom Petty podcast. Quinn at N Volume for All. And we have Nick, Sav, John and Mark at the Rock Roulette podcast. There you go. That's quite the whole excellent. rundown. Yeah, quite a lot. And actually, uh, we got a little pre-recorded uh, message uh, from the boys from the Deep Purple podcast. So let's uh, cut to that right now. Well, thank you. Hey, this is...
This is Van Halen uh, in the very early days, the early club days, a bootleg of them playing Might Just Take Your Life by Deep Purple. And my name is Nate, and I'm the host of the Deep Purple podcast along with my co-host, John. We've been doing the show for about four years now, um, almost at episode 200, and uh, we do it every week released on Mondays and it's a deep dive into a particular Deep Purple album, live performance, one of the spin-off bands, a related band or just something we feel like talking about that week. So, uh, we're also on the Deep Dive Podcast Network with all of these great folks including and the podcast will rock. Love the podcast. Listen to it every week. Always excited to see what episode's going to be coming up and it's really expanded my appreciation and knowledge of Van Halen. So, thanks for doing what you do guys. You've been at it for over a year you've made it further than almost 95 percent of podcasts out there great job um really sorry that we couldn't make the live stream and hopefully you'll be able to have us on or one or both of us on in the new year so uh thanks guys uh, talk to you soon have a great live stream all right all right we are back so that was uh uh, the boys from the Deep Purple Podcast, uh, Nate and John. We actually just had John on Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. We taped that uh, earlier this week. That's going to be coming out sometime in February, but we had a lot of fun with John. Uh, but we also love the boys from the Sean Geek and Fast Red Podcast. Uh, Sean, uh, maybe tell the folks a little bit about your show and what you got coming up. Boy, <clears throat> uh, it's uh, basically Todd and I. We're two brothers. We're musicians. I'm the geek. He's the fret. We kind of uh, we use our different uh, perspectives to just talk about different topics. Uh, music is very prominent on the show. We do talk a fair amount of Van Halen, Rush, and uh, other things, of course. But, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Every week we find a topic to geek out or fret out about. Or we don't have a topic and we just kind of wing it. <laughs> and then we start off with like one it. topic and then we take a left turn somewhere at Albuquerque and then uh, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't look anything like the beginning of the podcast. So we just kind of... Uh, I was lot thinking of, of getting a, a timeshare in Albuquerque. <laughs> I thought it'd be a good place because we keep taking a wrong turn there. <laughs> we'll, we'll just stop overnight. That's definitely been your last couple of shows. I thought it was going to go one way then it turned into something completely different. It was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Give your timeshare uh, uh, to Albuquerque uh, a go, but just steer clear of the little blue crystals. Uh, fans of a TV <laughs> show will know what I'm talking about on that. <laughs> oh, uh, Mark, we already got some people watching here tonight. We should bring this one up. Uh, uh, Connor Burton Training already says, ready and excited. That's what she said. Uh, I'm a fan of anybody who's going to break out an office reference out of Van Halen <laughs> Podcast. So uh, hopefully Connor's still watching. Thank you very much. And then... Uh, we got this contact here from Rava Flav. She got a doorbell sign that said, bring it or don't ring it. There you go. So a couple yeah. people watching anyway. Thank you very much. Yeah, we appreciate you. There you go. Take a shot. It's live. Everyone take a drink <laughs> every time I say that because it's a catchphrase, apparently. <laughs> there you are. Yay. And that's what it's all about for this show. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, what, you know, if, if you're new to the show, by the way, uh, thank you for somehow stumbling upon this. But what we do is we break down the catalog and discography of Van Halen, one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. And we do it one track at a time. We spin a wheel and whatever the wheel decides to bestow upon us, we listen to it and we talk about it. Um, Everyone on this uh, panel knows the drill. You know the drill. Uh, chances are uh, this is not your first time at the show. So welcome back. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, tuning in live. So, Corey, 
Uh, in terms of Van Halen news, uh, I'm not sure there's a lot going on right now uh, live unless somebody on the panel uh, has something to contribute to that. Anybody got anything going on? Well, uh, there's one thing that you can find on the Van Halen News Desk. I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, but uh, uh, they just posted this, I believe, today. Uh, rock journalist Yaz Obrecht releases complete 1978 audio interview with Eddie Van Halen. So that would be ah. really, really cool to hear from Eddie uh, way back in 78. So um, there's also some upgraded footage from the 1980 World Invasion Tour uh, that you can find currently on the Van Halen News Desk. So uh, I would recommend everybody go to the Van Halen News Desk. Check both of those out. Uh, Eric Senich has said he is going to stop by a little later. Um, he's hosting a concert right now, uh, but once that's done, uh, he's going to pop in. I said, considering how the last show, how, uh, how long that one went, we're probably still going to be around <laughs> yeah, probably, probably just probably getting, be, yeah, yeah, probably just starting the second song actually around that time. So, uh, we'll have that to look forward to. But yeah. Was there any, I know what uh, Scott Haskin uh, mentioned, uh, he might have a little piece of Van Halen trivia he wanted to bust out. Ah, well, it's a, it's kind of a, a like a multi-part trivia question, but what I didn't tell you, Corey, is that it's actually related to the show, the office. Oh, nice. Oh. So I'll I'll throw the first part out to you guys. What Van Halen song did The Office attempt to license for one of their episodes? Oh, man. I've only seen the UK Office. I'm oh, really? Shocking, but yeah, I've never <laughs> watched the American one. So. I mean, oh, I can take man. a stab. Yeah. American one's better. You know, uh, maybe Rave of Flame is onto something. He said, "Give me something to write on, man." I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess "Hot for Teacher," because mm -hmm. my man uh, Rave of Flame uh, threw out a "Hot for Teacher" uh, quote on there. Okay. Anybody else got a guess? I'm gonna go uh, with "Ain't Talking About Love." I'm going with "Right Now." Okay. Anybody else? I'll guess "Black and Blue." Because why not? <laughs> Todd? Unchained. Hmm. Well, it was right now. Oh, good. Oh, oh Gino, nice. he guessed uh, Panama. Uh, sorry, it wasn't Panama. Good guess, though. Yeah. Uh, I will say the the this song did not make it in because no. they they wanted to charge a little more than the office wanted to pay. Anybody want to take a stab at how much the licensing fee was to play about 30 seconds of the song? 50 grand. Okay. 10,000. 10,000. I'll say a hundred grand. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, 250,000. That's exactly what I was going to say. Cause I think the office has got a big budget. And I think anything under that, I think they would have just said, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, and I think that was the premise besides uh, asking for the hundred grand, Corey, you're right, oh, uh, because they figured that the office had a big budget. What what people don't understand is, yes, but we don't have a big music budget. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yes, that's very, very true. So they chose not to go with that song. Um, I'll give you a clue on this part of it. What song did they replace it with that is related to the band Black Sabbath? You, you can't give us like an episode hint or anything or a clue uh, well I could, I could tell you the episode um, I'm not sure it's going to help though it's the seminar okay in which Andy tried to uh, oh. get people oh. to buy into his uh, his program right yeah it's... wasn't it uh... oh no I might be thinking of a different uh... so you said related to Black Sabbath not Black Sabbath Correct. Related oh, to Black Sabbath. Related to Black Sabbath. Mm. Okay. 
Oh, it was a uh, it was a uh, crazy train because Kevin Malone, the character, uh, yeah. starts running in with his presentation to that song. That's right, right. slapping hands. Yeah. And yeah, nearly passes out about 30 <laughs> seconds in. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so the final part of this question is then how much did the uh, publishers of Crazy Train charge the office to allow it on the show? Oh, God. 25 grand. Okay. It's Sharon, grand. I'm guessing 75. <laughs> Good call. I'll, yeah, go, yeah, sure. I'll go 50 then. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Todd? I'll be a dollar. Nice. <laughs> well played. Without, go, without going over. Is that right. That goes, price is right rules always. Yeah. This is right rules. Uh, this time it's Kevin. 50 grand was what they nice. paid. So nice. they still had a, a fairly substantial music budget. I mean, 50 yeah. grand for about 30 seconds of, of music is, is a lot of money to pay. Okay. Uh, but this is how a lot of artists are making their money now. They're not making it on, on record sales and things. Licensing has really become a huge thing. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, Van Halen pushed for the 100 grand. That's why they didn't get in the show. Well, the show was a hit at that time. Had they asked like season one or two, they had no budget. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, it would have been, you know, a few thousand dollars probably would have been the offer if it had been season one or two. Uh, but th this is like season six or seven, I think. Yeah. So uh, by that point, yeah, they were well, well yeah, it's into like five the, or six. Yeah. yeah, making making bank. And you think, though, that's just one 30 second clip. You think of how many yeah. 30 second clips or 10 or 15 second clips they need for a series yeah. like well, and, and I think that's why you don't hear a lot of music on shows like The Office. Well, for one, it's documentary style. So unless yeah. they're in somebody's car or unless somebody's singing a song or something, there's not really a lot of logistical room for it. But uh, I don't know. I think right now would have been a great pick for that scene. I tell you, season one or two, they would add about 500 bucks for a song. So they probably would have got something from Disturbed. <laughs> a little um, limp biscuit. You're bringing that one, limp you're bringing biscuit, that one back. You're, you're bringing that back. <laughs> so tune into uh, a Friday show, or uh, tune into Backtracks. Actually, uh, yeah, uh, the, the next Backtracks theme music. Yeah, we we did. Yeah. Uh, we actually did a Queen song, Kevin. Uh, Mark oh, nice. picked yeah, uh, yeah. "Who Wants to Live Forever" from uh, from Highlander. Highlander. Yeah, great right song. And, and, Terrific and the, song. They suggested David Draymond would be a good one to to uh, cover "Who Wants to Live Forever" on the Highlander reboot. Uh, soundtrack and I disagreed. And Corey had a conniption at that at, at that uh, uh, suggestion. Just the the like the very idea was so absurd that John must be under the influence of something. I personally said uh, I think Devin Townsend would crush a cover uh, of that. Oh but, uh, God, yeah, Devin Townsend. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Um, but let that be a lesson to all you would be musicians out there. Get your music licensed so you can have it played on TV and movies because uh, merch sales aren't going to do it for you either, apparently, according to uh, a lot of articles I've been reading lately. It's it's tough out there playing music, but it wasn't tough for Van Halen, obviously, because look at them. They've, they've become uh, one of the biggest superstar bands uh, of all time, really, and very influential. And that's that's why we're here, and that's why we're celebrating it. You got any more trivia there, Scott? That uh, that ex that's the expanse of my Van Halen knowledge right there. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, no, <laughs> we, we, we have some guys. We have some other things we need to, including uh, reading the Twitter comments because exactly last week, which was literally uh, yesterday, uh, we dropped the show. Love walks in, and uh, we had a lot of fun talking about uh, Sammy and his uh, uh, extraterrestrial 
friends. Uh, although uh, one commenter very mad at us, uh, you know, we did, we, you know, we call this immature basically because yeah, he thought it was a, a beautiful love song. Let, let, let's maybe get to the uh, the the Twitter comments, uh, Mark, if you will, from Love Walks In. Absolutely, we did Love Walks In on the at the Rock and Pole. Uh, this one uh, was uh, kind of what I expected anyway. Uh, we had a whopping 74.4% what dreams are made of and a 25.6% the dream is over. And if you tuned into the show, you know exactly which way Corey and I voted. Uh, so I'm, I have not looked at the, at the commentary, so I'm, I'm very excited slash um, I'm ready to roll my eyes at uh, what's <laughs> going to be said. But uh, let's, let's dive right into it. Kyle Anderson says, going against the cult of Mark the Bat, I resent that, Love Walks In is what dreams are made of. When I hear the song, dreams walk in. Well, I'm very happy for you, Kyle. For me, not so much. So uh, <laughs> there it is. Uh, from uh, some familiar faces uh, called Sean Geek and Fast Fred Podcast, seems like good dudes, uh, they say there is very little that can go wrong on this album, and some of these songs are they, they age like fine wine. All that being said, the song is now always going to be awkward for me from here on out. It was bad <laughs> enough when Sammy explained it was aliens, but I was hoping it was really a metaphor and kept the song special. But now, with American Pie explanations from Mariano and other awkward alien anal probes, well, this song has been sullied. But damn, did you all make me laugh hard. Well, we we live to entertain. <laughs> Uh, Sean. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, I apologize that now your association with this song is sullied. Um, you can thank uh, both Corey and John Mariano for that. Hey. I hate John. I hate John now. He just ruined that song for me, man. God damn it. He, d yeah, he, uh, good point. Uh, Christy from, from backstage over here said, I think John lives for that hatred, and he does. It's, it's, oh, it gives him power, and we love him for it. Christy also he... said, "Christy also says, who doesn't like this song? How? Mark, you voted down this song. So explain uh, to Christy why. <laughs> well, okay, I'll explain to the troll in the chat. Wait, who's behind you? Who's behind you right now? Who's behind you right now? Somebody's coming right behind you right now. We have a, a beautiful trees behind me, nothing else. Um, but I'll explain to this, uh, this Christy person. Uh, the as I explained on the show, if if only they listened to the show, what a concept! Um, it's not a terrible song. It's not. There was a lot that I liked about it. However, it just didn't land where I was hoping it would land. Whether or not that had to do with the uh, the context being provided while we were listening to the song from two different parties, I don't know. Who's to say? But uh, just the song itself, for for all of its uh. uh good things it just it just didn't work for me but that's just me so uh there you are christy i hope i adequately uh answered that question for you and if i didn't oh well moving on uh <laughs> some guy named kevin brown says brilliant episode again guys good to hear uncle salty john on the show <laughs> <laughs> uncle salty that's his name now yep. killer track shows that eddie could write a perfect pop song as well as a perfect hard rock song superb keyboards throughout Another guitar, slick solo, and great vocals. And we don't talk about those lyrics. No, Kevin, we don't. We don't need to. Like, especially now that we that we know, we don't need to talk about them ever again. Uh, Jonathan P. Todd says, need more of John Teenage Cult of Asgard ejaculate Mariano on. Great episode. 
I mean, you can uh, you can message him directly, Jonathan, for that separate show. But we, <laughs> you know, that we only need so so many of those on on our. Oh God. You know, and you t- you talk to Corey about that. He works enough with John as it is. Uh, but uh, moving on into uh, more of the po- the uh, commentary on the tweet on the tweets. Uh, Jonathan Pitot says, uh, great song. I wish you could have spent more time on the music. The bass line is top three in the Van Halen catalog. The solo, it is a piece of music by itself, and I love the lyrics. So much to interpret. Well, we tried. We tried very much to stay on, on the music, and, uh, you know, the fates just decided that wasn't in the cards for that episode. Um, so... I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, maybe, maybe one day we'll do like a Redux and try again. <laughs> I don't. He, know. He's he's dead out the money about that solo though. Like absolutely. Oh yeah, fantastic. no, fantastic solo. I just I just wish I could have uh, appreciated it more. I, my brain was just too boggled by all the information I was being given at that time. Uh, Gene Hickey says song is thumbs up. Had trouble sleeping last night. Worried about coming around and waking up to find aliens waiting for my opening to pull my string. <laughs> Put on the TV and American Pie was on. This episode may require some therapy. Yes, Gene. And that's why you listen to us. For your therapeutic uh, needs. Yeah. We'll, it's we'll why call he, it neat. It's, it's why, why he did listen to us. I, I, I think we may have lost Gene, which is unfortunate because uh, he's oh, fantastic. Sorry, Gene. Well, maybe maybe you'll come back to us one day. Uh, the Deep Purple Yule cast, uh, friends of the show, obviously. Uh, I enjoy this song, despite the insane explanations you read by Sammy Hagar about what the song is about. Yikes. <laughs> so, I know, yikes is, is, is uh, definitely a word to be used uh, for all of that. Uh, Gregory Muse says, okay, too many beers while listening to the podcast, but as long as boy playing, I'm happy. Big thumbs up. boy, Gregory. Love it. I mean, that definitely uh, is a show for uh, getting your drink on and just having a laugh because, as I say, we're nothing if not entertaining, even if the song we're talking about is – it's out there. Uh, someone by the name of Fan Halen with a PH. See what you did there. Absolutely oh. awesome. One of my faves, and Ed's second solo was the most soulful he ever laid down, in my opinion. That is a take, uh, but it is a good solo, so I'll give you that one. Yeah. Uh, Der Urs, a very 80s song and sound that did not age so well. Well, I mean, sure, that's up for interpretation. Uh, I, I, I I, would only agree with you a tiny bit, but there, I would say there's nothing wrong with uh, sounding too 80s. What's wrong with that? It's great Absolutely stuff. not. Great stuff. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you here quick because we've got some uh, YouTube comments coming in before we get back oh, to yes, the tweets. Please, please. Uh, first, Christy says, uh, should I not listen to the episode? Will it kill it for me? Uh, and then uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, Chaz responded with, uh, "It's like the broke back Top Gun clip. Context changes everything." Yep, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. But then, then Chaz also said it was their funniest episode ever. So uh, thank you very much for that. Yep, uh, that, that's the the glory and wonder that is uh, John Mariano. He's the STD that just won't go away. Uh, Chaz <laughs> says, uh, "I'm illiterate too." Well, so am I, my friend. So uh, join the club. Uh, Christy uh, came back with, "I heard it upstairs in the recording room while it happened. Chaz it sounded like Mark had fallen." At one point, did, did you she fall? I, I fell down. Yeah, she thought I felt because I was laughing so hard, or I was just making so much noise, uh, just <laughs> in my confusion that uh, she had to check on me to make okay. sure everything was okay. It's well, and, uh, here's a comment from Gene who says uh, you're a lot cheaper than therapy. 
I'm still here. All right, we still got Gene. Right, That's yeah. awesome. Thanks, buddy. Glad you're still here. And then uh, Christy can can vouch uh, for for that. So for something, whatever for, that for something, is. Yeah. For yeah, she's vouching <laughs> for it. Maybe maybe the funniest episode. I'm not sure, or the fact that Mark fell down. One of the two. So one of the two. Yeah, yeah. sure, it's fine. But uh, uh, so back. Oh, to the, uh, some some oh. dude named Sean Geek and Fast Fred said you're also damn pretty. Isn't that true? Oh, <laughs> isn't that true? Oh, we try. We got some eye candy on the show here. Yeah, this is the best faces in podcasting right here. <laughs> Yeah. There's a reason uh, mine stays audio only. Look at how little hair there is, right? There's only like two people. That... I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, from my perspective, it's a challenging wank. Like, it's a real challenge. <laughs> I'm trying, yeah. Thank God John's not here because he'd be scrooging all over the place, yeah. Like I said, that, that Zoom call from two months ago, you don't want to be a part of. Oh, boy. All right, moving up back to the tweets. Uh, Scott Everett says, "Love, love walks in. Music has matured and got more pop, but still all around fantastic. Sammy with meaningful lyrics that match the music brilliantly. Not going to be everyone's favorite because change is hard." He goes on to say, "When the music matures and the podcast doesn't, wow, <laughs> pulls at the heartstrings. Reach for the opening in her heart. This don't, this don't that hard." I'm sure you meant to say something smart there. Yeah. Sammy does a really nice job in the lyrics on this one, if you think a little. Oh, I see. Well, clearly uh, you haven't listened to the show much, Scott, because you know we don't think here at the podcast because uh, we're not thinking experts. You, you don't come to listen to us think. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, and no, I'm I'm uh, not going to uh, mature the podcast with the music, Mr. Poopy Pants. Moving on. <laughs> False Premise says, It's definitely a different vibe from the original Van Halen with David Lee Roth, but the lead and background vocals are great. The piano hook is killer, and the guitar solo is pure Eddie Van Halen mastery. In fact, you might call the tone dreamy. Ooh. What dreams are made of? Nicely said. Uh, well said, even if uh, I only kind of agree with you on a couple of those things. Uh, Brad Gould said, one of Eddie's best solos, even on the much-bashed live album. Probably so, because that solo does rip. Mm -hmm. And uh, Josh at Upper Mid says, well-crafted and played pop song. The lyrics could have included intergalactic tummy sticks, and I still would listen. <laughs> what the hell are intergalactic tummy sticks? I, I, I don't know. Do don't I want to know? No, Ask I don't John. know. John, yeah. I feel like John would know. John would know. Um, and uh, that's it. That's it for the tweets. Didn't get hit as hard as I thought I was going to personally. Uh, just that uh, we're not mature enough to be talking about uh, Van Halen lyrics, but even it, when it's, they are. It's, it's literally a song about, about aliens. Like, like it's, it's not no, about tugging at her heartstrings. It's about aliens. Corey, if you just would think a little. That's true. <laughs> then you would know that but, but, it's just not about aliens. It's my, like, wow, Corey. My, my best friend, Chaz Charles, says, thinking? We don't need no stinking thinking here. And I agree 100%. Yeah. And I still upvoted the song. I like the song. Mark's the one that fucked on it. He hates it. <laughs> Mark's the one that ruined the uh, the full sweep uh, of, of yeses. Like, That's sorry. Right. Sometimes I sometimes uh, I have to be the uh, contrarian. Or maybe it was just an off show. I tended to be agreeing with John Mariano a little too much in that show so he brainwashed you yeah he brainwashed he, he, you. well he, he nearly did he nearly did until <laughs> i said no i am not voting this a yes um 
but uh there you there you have it there are the tweets there's what everyone says and uh i'm i'm fully prepared for everyone on the panel to tell me how crazy i am for downvoting that song it's okay it's okay no well, christy says dan mark way to go uh, i know it's disappointment all around but you know what's not disappointing this star-studded crew that we have and the show that we are about to give to you because it is that time to go to the wheel and before we spin it we've got to manifest take a shot uh so now that we have uh uh so many people other than Corey and myself this is uh this is going to be real real interesting so starting over there at the uh, at the end of the table there, we're going to start with the, the brothers, Sean Geek and Fast Fred there. Todd, I'm going to start with you. On this live show, you're joining us. Thank you so much for being here. What song do you want the wheel to bestow upon us that we can talk about? What's one that we haven't done that you're just itching to talk about? Top Jimmy. Oh, we've, we've done, done Top, top Jimmy. Jimmy. Top Jimmy's we've done, done Top Jimmy. So Good pick, though. Great <laughs> song. Yep. Yeah. Did you want me to pick another one? Yes. Pick, yeah. What's your backup? My backup? Uh, mm -hmm. Unchained. We've done Unchained. Yeah, that okay. <laughs> oh, for two. You can tell Todd listens to the show. Uh, let's see. Um, pretty Woman. Well, Todd uh, is a big fan of the show. It's, 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 we, we appreciate him. Um, Todd doesn't listen to our show either, so that's fine. He's, know, it's totally fine. You're, Todd, you're going to feel so good uh, when you go back and look at our, our catalog and see all of these songs that you want to talk hear about so much. Uh, we have we have them all. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna skip you for now. I'm gonna go over to Sean. <laughs> Sean, uh, uh, what about you, man? What uh, what song would you like for this live show for us to really dig into? Lost Control, Lost Control, Lost Control. That's well, what I want. Yeah. Good one, yeah. Yeah, very good one. Just so, just because, I, I don't yeah. know, I, I've been listening to Women and Children First a lot because of your show, I guess, more than anything. And I keep forgetting what a great album it is. And there's just so much great stuff on there. And it's, it, it, it's kind of like a deep track album, you know? Yeah. So... I want to hear that one. Ooh. Awesome. Just because the, the, the solo, the solos in that song are, are wicked. Well, let's. I want to hear listen. Mark listen to them and go, "Holy shit!" That would be uh, that probably a good reaction because uh, I, my familiarity with that particular track is is very very minimum. So yeah, I would love the pleasant surprise. So here's hoping, but uh, Scott. Scott, what what uh, what particular track uh, are you aiming to hear that we can talk about tonight? I don't think that you've done the song as is, have you? I don't believe we no. have. No, I don't think so. I don't so. believe we've done as but is. So. Before we go on, I, I'm feeling very uncomfortable when I don't know about something. Mm -hmm. So being part of the Deep Dive Podcast Network, of course, I had to dig into this uh, intergalactic tummy sticks thing. Oh, God. <laughs> So according to Urban Dictionary, which is a, you know, I, this is the hallmark I mean, of, of definitions, we all uh, use it. tummy sticks, and we're just going to have to add the word intergalactic to the yeah. definition. Uh, tummy sticks is a situation commonly referred to as a game, whether you ever want to play it or not, I'll leave up to you, in which two erect men cuddle closely and face-to-face, -face, causing their two erect penises or sticks to push upwards between their stomachs or tummies, sticks combine 
with tummies, hence the name tummy sticks. So um, uh-huh. in case you mute my mic for the rest of the show, it's been really <laughs> great to, to be on. And uh, there you have it. I am all of a sudden very glad John Mariano is not here. <laughs> Don't invoke his name because you know he, he he's like uh, he's like that Beetlejuice fella. He's just gonna yeah. Or... Don't say it three times. Look in the mirror, otherwise he's gonna show up. Chrissy said he'll bust in like the Kool Aid Man. And he's just like there he is. Um, that's that is accurate. So that's so true, everyone yeah. everyone shh. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Brown, uh, what particular song of the Van Halen catalog would you like to hear that we may not have done? I got two. I got one DLR, one Sammy. Oh, please. Sammy, I, I think, you know, for an episode like this, I think Pound Cake would just take the roof off. It would be because it's such a great song. I want to talk about Alex's drums on that song or mm-hmm. off the chart. Yep. Or the other song that I've been obsessed with lately is I'm the One. Oh, and that's okay. that, the, the guitar in that I honestly think, when you listen to the, especially when you listen to the isolated guitar track from that song, that might be the single greatest rock guitar performance of all time. Any band, any era, it's just incredible. I've been, I've been getting into Phil X lately, and he does a... Um, uh, YouTube on his YouTube channel there's an episode called No One Swings Like the King and he breaks down exactly why that song's so hard to play because of Eddie's really very specific swing that he had so either I'm the one or Pound Cake are the ones I'm rooting for fantastic love them both uh, before you keep going Mark we, we got some uh, uh, some uh, viewers uh, who want to manifest something uh, Chaz yes. wants to uh, manifest a return of How Many Say I because he's a glutton for punishment I guess so uh, no that's off the wheel that's yeah, not happening, I, Chaz. I'm sorry. We like you, Chaz. We like you a lot. But honestly, with all due respect, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Connor Burton says, Romeo Delight. That'd be a great one, too, right? That's a great pick. And, uh, and our good friend uh, Gene says, Light Up the Sky. There's another classic uh, Dave track. So uh, we, got, we got some really good ones there. And actually, uh, somebody... Uh, I don't have their name offhand, but they actually said they were manifesting I'm the one. They couldn't be here tonight, but they were manifesting I'm the one. So that's another one along with Kevin. That's a double manifestation. So hopefully that one comes through. Well, there you go. Both the powers. Uh, Corey, before I move on to you, you get uh, another second to uh, to kind of make your guesses, make your decision. Um, my dear, what song would you like to manifest on the show? She burned her manifestation. She doesn't have to say it out loud. I'll say it out loud for her. She wants Amsterdam. Amsterdam. I so, was gonna guess that. Yep. Yep. It's gonna be Amsterdam. That's that's the. That's, you don't fool me. Uh, so there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of Sammy. A lot of Sammy manifestations. I'm not mad about it. Corey, how about you? Well, uh, we have one more come in uh, from our good friend Brian. He wants little guitars. Great one off of uh, Diver Down. That'd be fantastic. Um, Chaz is laughing maniacally, uh, of course, as he always I think, does. I think when we covered that uh, "Diver Down" on our episode, that was ranked like a top one of the top three songs on the album for us. Yeah, if I remember correctly, and it would be for me too. That's a, an absolute top, standout. Uh, I, I'm one gonna, for me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna cop out like Kevin didn't pick two. Uh, because he's a coward and I'm a coward. We're both from Saskatchewan. I'm gonna pick a Sammy and a Dave uh, for a Sammy track. I'm feeling in the mood to fuck. Uh, we haven't had a lot of fucking going on here, and but uh, not so much. Uh, no. Kevin picked pound cake, which I would not be mad at. Oh, there you go, out boy. And uh, it's very cold in Canada. Yeah, you got to do something to keep warm. It's very uh, cold today. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Runaround, uh, which is uh, oh god, one of my favorites from uh, Fuck. So I'm hoping for that one uh, for a Dave track. Somebody get me a doctor. This is why I don't sing, but uh, 
Uh, I've been in Van Halen 2 kick, uh, and uh, Somebody Get Me Doctor is one of my favorite tracks off that one. So those are the two I'm going to go with. Mark Kameyer, uh, what are you in the mood for? And don't pick Amsterdam because that's what Christy picked. Actually, you know, put on your big boy pants and pick a Mark song. I've got my big point pants on right now. So, uh, no, I'm not going to pick that because uh, I already knew that was going to be manifested. So I am also going to give you uh, give you two. Okay. I'm going to uh, obviously have a Sammy tune, and that tune is uh, one I've been waiting for, and I think now's the time I want Humans Being. Oh, yes. It. That's yes. the one I want. That's the one I want to just absolutely talk about uh, to the live long day. And then the other track is this David Lee Roth uh, era tune. And it's called Ain't Talking About Love because we still <laughs> haven't done it. And I really want it because it's so damn good. And, uh, you know, and I don't care if you already know how I'm going to vote against it. It's fine. It's a great tune. Why, why shouldn't we be discussing it? So those are my two picks for this live show. Awesome. All right. Well, there are currently six of us on the call. Uh, so I'm going to bring up the wheel here. Six times. Yep. Uh, let's uh, do a fade. Okay. Everybody on the stream should be able to see. Now, how can I interact with this? Do, 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 interact. Okay. We're going to shuffle this. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Sammy's worming up his pipes. Here we go. Let's find out what we get. Here nope. we go! Oh, we almost got run around. Oh, we were so we close. We almost got oh. it. Oh, dancing in the streets from Diver Down, where we're literally an inch away from run around. So no, close. Oh, no. But still, we got dancing in the streets. Can we play Pleasure Dome instead? <laughs> Fuck you. Hey, there's still time. So yeah. Yeah, we got another show that we're doing here. Yeah. Keep those manifestations. Such a good keep them going. Right keep them yeah. We made it 50 minutes without a Pleasure Dome reference. That's a record. <laughs> that is a record. That's a... That is a record, yeah. All right. About, uh, about we're, making we're... it, but it didn't happen. Uh, Mark, take it away. We got that diver down. We got dancing in the streets. Oh we boy! Yep. Uh, go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, not uh, not a Van Halen original. Uh, not one that the band, uh, according to uh, uh, you know, <laughs> what little research that we do, because we're not experts here, but uh, not ones that they thought uh, they wanted to do. Not ones they thought they could pull off. Uh, but here they are. They they recorded it. Uh, whether or not they pulled it off, well, I guess that will be up to us as on the panel to discuss whether or not we think they pulled that this song off. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Brown, uh, you have any fond memories of Dancing in the Street whatsoever without, uh, without uh, I guess, uh, uh, showing your hand? Without showing my hand? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have memories of it, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have specific memories of the Bowie and Jagger um, cover, which... Uh, Parachute Although, pants. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it ain't great, and you know it's. I don't know. It's got some Eddie guitar in it, so I don't know. We'll we'll see. Once, once I listen to it again, I haven't listened to it for a while. I'll say that. There we go. Uh, I I happen to notice a particular reaction from Sean. Uh, you're. It doesn't seem like you're excited to talk about this particular track. Uh, any any reasons why? Well, if anyone listened to our episode on the album Diver Down <laughs> that we had Eric Senich on, which on uh, we had we we talked about this one quite a bit i'm gonna save it for this episode to talk about 
my right. love for this song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get into the uh, the finer details of this all. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, the the fond memories I have of dancing in the street is there's a scene in Sister Act two in which uh, the nuns all perform on the street this song. Um, it's not exactly the Van Halen version of it, but uh, early <laughs> memories of this song for me personally, uh, yeah, that, that pops up. Uh, as for Van Halen's cover of it, uh, I'll save it. I'll save it for when we actually get into uh, the meat of the song. But uh, Scott, uh, how about you? Fond memories or just memories? Uh, I I know I've heard the version by Van Halen a couple times, but my memory actually goes to uh, the original version of the song. Uh, growing up in Detroit, for some reason, down near Cobo Hall, which no longer exists, which was right down the street from Joe Louis Arena, which no longer exists, uh, there was a fountain in the shape of a wingnut, because of course there was, and there was a commercial film there where they played the original version of the song and they had choreographed this huge dance number with lots of people. It was the first time I had seen anything like it. So it, it had made an impact. It's a good song. Uh, I don't remember much about Van Halen's version of it. So I'm curious to be refreshed. All right. Well, a refreshment is what you will get. And uh, speaking of which, you know, everyone have it handy because there's a good chance uh, a lot of uh, repeated phrases will come into play, and you will have to do your due diligence and take <laughs> your shots. So here we are. Uh, Corey, uh, whenever uh, everything is queued up and you're ready, I'm ready. Let's uh, give Dancing in the Street from Diver Down a listen. Just out of curiosity, Corey, does anyone have any mulligans left? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, I'm as just it, curious. As it, as it turns I'm kind of with you. Know. I'm kind of with you, Kev. Okay. <laughs> this is my mulligan. <laughs> to get me through the song. <laughs> You know, on the um, which, which song was it you guys did? Um, we were talking about Jan Hammer. That was the one before last week, right? Which I can't remember which episode that was. But that this song's got that, that was Ali. Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, Ali. yeah. And this has got that almost sort of programmed drums, a real mm -hmm. sort of those 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 key chains, that step down key change. It's got all the hallmarks of that axe left kind of Beverly Hills Cop feel to it to me, right? So straight out the gate, it doesn't sound anything like Van Halen at all. It sounds like it belongs to the Miami Vice soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. No one else is cutting in, so I think I, probably, I don't know. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, we don't want to. I know we don't want to sort of prolong this, but um, does anyone know whose idea it was to cover this one? Was this was it Dave? What's well, it, Dave? Yep, hundred yeah, percent. All the way. Yeah, yeah. This one, and it, you know, I mean, we talk about Dive It Down. It's my least favorite Van Halen album, other than three, I think, probably, just because the covers. I just 
they're so jarring when you've got little guitars on there, which is so fantastic, and some of the other originals are really good songs, and then you've got these weird choices for covers, and this is such an odd choice, right? They could have done anything. They could have done a ZZ Top song. They could have done a fucking Chuck Berry song or something. It's something that sort of fits a little bit closer, but I think in trying to take on these songs like Old Pretty Woman and this one that is so far away from their normal sound, I just don't think they hit it. They should really have just covered Beat It on this album and just yeah. you know, <laughs> make a circular reference about it. Honestly, like, yeah. Yeah. imagine if they covered Beat It instead of this. I think it would be cool as hell. There, there was kind of already a, a Van Halen involvement with Beat It. Uh, yeah. So, you know, would it really have been a cover? It would have been cool to hear Dave Lee Ross sing that, though, actually. Hell yeah. That, that would have been a really cool song for him to sing. Yeah. You can definitely tell that uh, this this was a Dave pick of a song because he you can hear just how much fun he's having uh, uh, singing right. it. Um, as far as the, everyone else in the band goes, who's to say? Yeah. Uh, but uh, you can I can hear it in Dave's voice. He's just he absolutely just wants to uh, go full on. Uh, I believe we even have a comment uh, in the uh, in the chat right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> saying that uh, Dave, Dave was absolutely right about this song, and they and they owned it uh, by Chaz. That's what Chaz says. So uh, I don't. Well, I don't know if they owned it entirely. We've just got into the song, but you can definitely tell uh, Dave was jazzed about doing it. It's it, you can hear it. Not this could have easily been the fifth track on Crazy from the Heat, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it didn't need the Van Halen brothers on here at all. Yeah, it, it, it kind of has know, a like, just a gigolo kind of vibe to it, doesn't it? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's that's because it's got Dave's inflection just all over it. So I mean, you know, just like mm. just a gigolo. What do you think, Todd? You're you're a big uh, guitar guy. All we got here is uh, synthesizers. Uh, what are you thinking? Oh, when I first heard it, I had that constipation look on my face, <laughs> and I'm going, "What am I listening to?" Like I'm 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 waiting for Hades to come in, and all of a sudden he hears wop 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 at the beginning. And I mean, I, I know he had he'd done some keyboards and some songs, but. But this was this was something right out of left field. Well, it, and Chaz, uh, yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Chaz says, uh, "Watch the videos live." It is a shitting grin every video I've ever seen. So <laughs> that's just his trademark. <laughs> yeah, he kind of grinned like that on everything. But uh, yeah, I, I get it. Chaz is a big, uh, big, big fan of this track, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if I heard this on the radio from the beginning i would not have thought it was a van halen song as it went into the song i probably would have thought it was a david lee roth solo song yeah mm -hmm. because it doesn't really feel like it has that van van halen stamp on it but i i do love that uh heavy reverb that they've got on dave's voice during the verse that really trails off nicely i, I like that in the production excellent let's keep rolling <laughs> Man, that chorus is screaming out for Michael Anthony doing high harmony on that lead vocal. Yeah. Like, I know they've got the ooze in the background, but that would have just killed, right? I mean, because I think in the original Martha and Vandellas, that's it's the vocals are layered all throughout, and it would have been so cool to hear that. And Ed, right? Just yep. just really layer and fatten that chorus up because it just it's a little bit thin, maybe in the chorus. I don't know. And, and, and it's, it's so great uh, on the dancing in the streets whenever they come in, right? Yeah, just more of that. And even Charles says those harmonies. Yeah, give us more. 
Yeah, on the course, it would have beefed it up quite nicely. You're, I agree with you 100%. Was Eddie even singing on the harmonies there? Or was that just was that just Michael? I'm not, not even really sure. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's hard, hard to tell from listening to it. Huh? Yeah, it felt like there was another voice in there, uh, but I'm not, yeah, it couldn't tell you. Yeah, that cowbell. I've only yeah. just noticed that. I just picked yeah. up on that. Yeah, those little, those little doubles on the cowbell. I was like, oh, actually, I quite like that. That's pretty I good. I purposely <laughs> didn't mention it because I was hoping somebody else would catch it. And until we got to the end of the song, go like, really? Nobody mentioned the cowbell. We, we have three drummers on the panel. I was waiting for one of them, and Kevin finally piped up. So. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, it, it does give it a little bit of a Latin feel, uh, yeah. just because of the way that that the beat is. I mean, not that a cowbell would necessarily do that, but just with that beat, it definitely has that feel. Uh, I really like it, though. I I think uh, it while it doesn't feel to me like a Van Halen song, I I still like it on its own. <laughs> One thing too, like I, I don't know, Scott, on the producing side, because I know you've done a lot more of that than certainly <laughs> it's not in my bailiwick, but they've got that low end bass on the keyboard on the synth, and mm -hmm. it's almost clashing with what Mike's playing on the bass. Because there is a there's, a there's a bass in there for sure, but it's almost sort of yeah. you're taking up the same sonic space with those two parts. It seems to muddy it a little bit. I don't know, do you, you catching that or is that me being crazy? No, I, I thought about that too. I think for me, uh, if I were engineering this song, I probably would have panned them a little bit differently so that they could each survive in their own space, maybe EQ'd uh, some of the low end or put a little more gain on one of them just to separate the sound a little yeah. bit more. Uh, but yeah, I, I do I do feel like they're kind of muddying each other up a little bit. How different would this song have been if Eddie would have transposed it from the keyboard to his guitar? Just a to, lot. kind of kind of yeah. the same way as as ACDC yeah. did with Thunderstruck. Yeah, I mean he, he's doing the same riff pretty much throughout the whole song, but it's through the guitar and not the keyboards. Mm. And he could have, I mean, in all the effects and and tricks and sounds yeah. that he uses, I mean, he uses everything with the guitar. I mean, he'll he'll tickle the, I mean the. <laughs> the springs on the back of the guitar just to get them to ring in the background yeah. or, you know, give a scrape up the very, very top where the neck is just to give some, some unique sound. So I could see him doing something totally different to this song. If he would have just done it to the guitar, I, I would have been curious to see what he would have came up, came up with. And what about, and with the 5150 sound, I think that oh, yeah. tone worked really well with this, because that, that's uh, got yeah. a little bit more, yeah. bit more treble on it, a bit more staccato kind of punch to it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, wasn't that the problem, though, is that he didn't have any ideas of what to do with it, and so they kind of yeah. defaulted to this? Yeah, that's exactly it, Scott. Yeah. yeah, Eric had brought it up on our show where he had said he didn't have anything prepared, so this is like a half-finished song because he didn't – I don't have I don't have anything, and they're like, okay, well, here's everything. And they just kind of <laughs> put it in without, like, really finishing the song. So just a rush and job. couldn't come up with anything. Yeah. I'm going to stop putting so much into my music and get famous. <laughs> it's funny. I, I found a quote from Dave here, which is kind of interesting. He says, uh, "Quote: It sounds like more than four people are playing, when in actuality there are almost zero overdubs. That's why it takes us such a short time amount of time to record." Huh? 
Yeah, well, that, that sounds like a, we need two more songs for the album. Let's just do something. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Get through it. And we've got, we've got no more studio time left. Just that's good enough. I don't know. Does anybody know how long it, how long it took to make this album? Because this album was like rushed, right? Oh, yeah. They did Oh, Pretty Woman. It charted. It did really well. And it's like suddenly they suddenly had to put together an album. So they had to rush it through really quick. I wonder what the what that time frame was. It says like, January to March, 82. Three months. Three months. Holy yeah. shit. Wow. That's yeah. a short time. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very short time. Yeah. <laughs> that's criminal. Like, yeah. if they had six months on this, I think this song probably would have been better. Yeah. Or it might not have been on here at all. Yeah. You know? But yeah, that was the grueling schedule back then. Like, album, 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 keep going. Mm. Yeah. Well, oh, this, this one was, was unique, unique in that, that they were, were going to take a break. break and then... David said, we need we need something to tide people over or they're going to forget about us. So they put out Oh Pretty Woman and it charted, like you said, Sean. And then the, the label's like, we need an album now. So yeah, they had like no time to go in there and cut it. And he only had a few songs, things like little guitars and stuff. And then- Well, here's, here's the question. Here's, here's an interesting thing is, because Dave had, had propositioned using Dancing in the Streets before. So what if they had done that song instead of Oh Pretty Woman and that's the one they had done, done a video for and wearing parachute pants and stuff. And they had <laughs> released it and it didn't chart. Then they wouldn't have had to go into the studio so quickly for this album. And then maybe they would have put something else out that would have been quite a bit different. Maybe Fair Warning would have happened a little sooner. So you're blaming uh, the success of Oh Pretty Woman? Oh, for sure. Is? Yeah, because okay. they, they had three months to do this album though, right? Yeah. Because of yeah, Pretty yeah. Woman was so huge yeah. for them. Suddenly, oh shit! Now we we have three months to put an album out. Which well, one, have you have you guys have you guys ever heard the Kinks version of this song? Yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. Like it, so. yep. your, if you're a rock band covering this song, that's your template, surely. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's stripped down. It's really choppy and easy and a bit kind of garage feeling. It's you know? weird that they didn't do that. That's actually yeah. interesting. Or did the Kinks come out before Van Halen or after? Oh god, that was on like their. I think they're like their first or second album. Oh, so that okay, would have okay. been, yeah, yeah, yeah. So way that before. Would have been 60s, yeah. yeah. Way before. Well, it, it, it just seems to me like Dave had a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings about wanting to do this particular track. So yeah. may, maybe it was on him where he was saying like, no, no, we can do it, but let's make it sound like this you know, or like try that. And like, okay, sure. Because you, I'm not going to argue with you. We don't have enough time. So... Uh, yeah, just maybe maybe because it sounds the way it does is because that's what Dave wanted to do. I, I don't yeah. know. It's kind I, of it funny, though, too. Sorry, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, I was just going to say it could have been a specifically conscious effort to not sound like the Kinks. Mm, also, yeah, it maybe. already, right? Mm-hmm. Geez, the Grateful Dead covered this, too. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no thank you you're, you're gonna sorry. play that during this episode right <laughs> if i could find it sorry sure. to all the all the deadhead fans out there but or all the all the deadheads i'm i'm sorry but no not, not my jam god i've never heard that, that. mark, mark isn't that, that your next podcast that you're doing right you're doing a uh grateful dead podcast yeah damn it was my understanding yeah you got me you, you, cats out of the bag uh, surprise <laughs> maybe save playing that song until the end when everyone's logged off <laughs> and it'll keep going in a, in a endless loop like all dead songs until uh the next morning there you go uh just to sean's point real quick he said maybe had they released Dancing in the Streets first, it wouldn't have charted. It was a top 40 hit. Uh, was it during, really? Yeah, it hit number 38. So uh, Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a big song, yeah. All yeah. right. 
Uh, Chaz has a couple comments we should get to. Uh, this was Ed flying under the radar on synth, like on fair warning, a sign of things to come. Uh, and then he says, no one thought of him seriously playing with synth. So, Ha, you dumb bastards. It was coming <laughs> at you full force whether you wanted it to or not. Yeah. <laughs> We can tell Dave's loving this song. Like, he sounds great on this track. Yeah. And it's a great song. Man, this is a great song. Like, that minor key into the into the pre-chorus there, it's beautiful. It's such a great little dynamic shift in that song. I, 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 like, I love the original, like some of the versions, just, yeah. I've just got what's been bugging me. There's been something picking away oh, at my brain. Man. Legs. <laughs> Legs by ZZ Top. Oh my god, it's the same yeah. beat. Eddie yeah. loves there you go. That's it's been there's something itching yeah. them. Like I can't quite put my finger on why this arrangement sounds somewhat familiar, and that's what it is. <laughs> Except Legs came out eighty three. This was eighty two. Oh <gasps> ZZ Top stole it from Eddie. <laughs> god damn. They stole it from Alex, really, because a lot of the a lot of the ZZ Top stuff was based on that that riding the hi hat beat, right? right? Yeah. You know? Which I'll be honest, I'm actually grooving on the drums on this song. Yeah. But, you know, Alex is is you know, for Van Halen, it's all Alex for me, and then it's Eddie because just just because I'm a drummer. But the, the the beat in this is actually quite good, and I remember learning to play this song, and it was it was fucking hard. <laughs> you know, yeah, like like all his simple songs are, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the placement of the cowbell, too, because in a lot of spots, it starts about an eighth note later than most people would play it. Mm -hmm. And and every time I'm like, that's that's definitely an Alex thing right there. Yeah, just behind the beat. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, you guys are out, the guitar guys on the panel are way outnumbered by the drummers. So let's start with Todd. Uh, what did you think about that guitar solo? The solo portion is great. I mean, he does his hammers, hammer-ons, and pull-offs, and you know his squealing and everything else. The, the typical uh, Eddie. Um, so yeah, I mean, the guitar part, I've, I have no problem with that. It's it's just the 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 keyboards throughout the song. It's just so distracting. It just seems like it's almost like. It's one song, and okay, okay, now Eddie's going to come out, and now it's going to be a whole different song. Um, that That's my opinion on it. Mark? It's like, we keep talking about how this was rushed, and this song was probably rushed, even even the way, you know, sounding the way it does, but then if, that's, if all of that is true, and Eddie said, well, I still got to throw a solo on top of it, it was like, yeah, sure, but I mean, 
you know, we only have so much time. I'll think of something. And that's what he came up with? It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. He just provided you, like, the extra flavors. You know, some people don't season their potato salads. And he, Eddie gives you all the seasoning of the potato salads. And folks that don't even like potato salad would be like, that tastes really good. Because that's just what Eddie's good at. He's good at seasoning your shit to make it sound like, and well, taste so much better. Um, so, like, say what you will about the song and how it's gone so far, but how do you just not fall in love with that solo? That solo is fantastic. Chaz, Chaz says signature Eddie. Eddie. Uh, absolutely right. Okay, drummers, your time to weigh in. Let's start with Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Alex, man. I mean, it's, it's like I've said that on, I think, on one of the other episodes that I was on that. I love Alex when he's when he's sitting sort of just slightly in the pocket and really sitting on the groove and not doing as much as he can do all the time. And this is another example of he's just putting a beautiful little groove in there, but adding those little flavors in on cowbell and he's typically got those little hat lifts and all sorts of things. He's not doing massive fills or anything, but it's so cool because it gives so much space to the rest of the song. I think it's that's his strength and that's the, the thing that he's always blows me up. And the, the, the thing that I manifested, Pound Cake, that's the best example of it. And when he does that, I think he's just such a powerful drummer and very understated in the way that he plays. So, <laughs> I, I, I love what Alex does on the cymbals, uh, especially underneath Eddie's solos. He always puts on a little flourish somewhere uh, on, his, on a hat or something, uh, somewhere, which is just fantastic. Uh, Scott, what did you think? I'm I'm going to disagree with Kevin just a little bit. I, I think it's too simple. Um, I like the cowbell. I think that's a great addition. It really adds a different flavor. But I, I would like at least a couple of transitional fills, maybe going into the powerful chorus or coming out of it back into the verse. I, I, I wouldn't want a lot of, you know, too much of that, not not overextended playing. Uh, but but at least a little something more transitional because I think what he's playing is is great but it's it just needs a little bit more than what we're getting but I I like that he's laying back but I think he's laying a little too far back for my taste. All right, Sean, you're the tiebreaker. Uh, what did you think about Alex uh, during that section? Well, he's the only thing redeeming this song for me at the moment. So, <laughs> Ooh. Um, well, no, like like Dave is great. Dave's having a good time. It's but he's like he's he's singing a different song. Like he's in a different room playing with different guys or something. But I, I mean, I like, I like how he's adding in the cowbell. He's using a bit of a disco slash uh, like Latin beat. And, and I just keep thinking back to the time he was playing with his dad, with Jan. And like, they were playing all these, like they're, they're playing a lot of different things, a lot of um, just completely different things. And you can see him bringing that wealth of experience in. And yeah, he's, he's laying back. But he's still like, I, I got to put some shit in. And he's still putting some shit in, which which is why I like Alex so much. Like, even you can, like, even in the solo, he's like, like Corey was saying, he's he's adding a few things in. And I could just imagine him looking at Eddie and, you know, they're, they're kind of looking at each other and they're kind of playing off each other a little bit. And he's kind of adding little flourishes in there. So I, I, I think this is taking a very boring song and, and adding some flavor to it. Wouldn't you want to be a fly on the wall in those, in those in those sessions? Be a fly on the wall with Eddie and Alex working working up these songs, and sort of oh, yeah. figuring out those little those little bits and pieces of what. Okay, I'm going to play. I'm going to come down here. I'm going to play an arpeggio. So when you do that, maybe just wash a cymbal, just pride that, and when that come here, and I'm going to open and play one chord. That's where I've got to put a little bit of triplet on. So you know what I mean? Those little dynamic elements. I bet they, but I bet you they don't talk about it. It's just they it's look just at each other and they yeah. just know. It's just yeah. like I don't know. That shit's brilliant. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Chaz says, this is as brown as it gets. Golden oldies became relevant to metalheads. Brilliant. So that's kind of a cool way to look at it, I thought. 
All right, we got 33 seconds left. Let's keep rolling. Big rock fade out. <laughs> Mark, are you having dustbuster issues right now? I don't know what the hell just happened, but the <laughs> dustbuster like turned itself on and then quickly off again. Like what? That's anyway. It's Skynet. So Skynet. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's not even plugged in, so I don't under. So if all of you watching out there was wondering what the hell was happening with me over here, that's what happened. So that's John anyway. Mariano possessing your equipment in your home. God that's damn right. It. He, he's oh, like uh, he's like uh, Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi. He's in uh, Delaware right now, floating in the air and just. <laughs> Yes. Fucking with your shit, yeah. There's nothing to do in Delaware, so he used all of his dark force power. That's right. To, to make his presence known, and it was in the, the form he does of a have a high midichlorian count, I believe. So, hundred percent, yeah. If you saw his jizz, you would know. Yeah. Maybe he's like oh. Voldemort, and that's one of his Horcruxes. <laughs> Something through that thing now, kill it. Oh, Thanks my. for nerding that right out. That's awesome. Ben just said, "What if that's one of his Horcruxes?" So, great, we have a Mariana Horcrux. And it's like, I, this is a bad time to have this ta Death Eater tattoo. And Mariana would 100% put a Horcrux in a Dustbuster. You know that. He, he would, because you'd never expect it. You'd never yeah. expect it. So I think anyway. it's called a Horcrux anal probe, I believe, is what it's called. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the other the other Horcrux out there. Anywho, that was Dancing in the Streets. Uh, and uh, every this this panel has had a lot to say about it, but uh, now now comes the the real real question though, and that's when we ask: Is this song what dreams are made of, or is the dream over? So we're gonna start, I think, with Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown, you know the drill: you give uh, old uh, Corey a thumbs up or down. Was Dancing in the Street, this cover of Van Halen of theirs, uh, was it what dreams are made of, or what, did it just not work and the dream just fell flat for you? Yeah, it's just, I don't know, like it's one of those, it, it, it's a throwaway kind of, eh, we'll do this, and like someone else said, like it's got that feel of a Dave Lee Ross solo track. And I think, Todd, you said too, like it's got an identity crisis. It doesn't really know what it wants to be. And that kind of sums up David down to a, lot of, a large extent to me. It's got that thing of, well, are we rocking? Are we popping? What's going on? So to me, it's just, it's an unfinished idea that could have been something, but it just didn't end up being anything. So, mm. Well, there you go. There's a one down vote. Uh, we're going to move on on. Uh, Scott, what say you? Uh, you, were, you were kind of like, unfamiliar with Van Halen's uh, uh, go at this particular song. So having heard what you've heard and having uh, listened to everything that was said, is the dream over for you as well? Or is this what dreams are made of? Honestly, the, the thing for me, I don't think it's a bad song. 
But the issue that I have with it is I don't hear it as a Van Halen song. I just don't think there's enough of a Van Halen stamp on it for me to really say this is a good Van Halen song. I think this is David Lee Roth with a bunch of session musicians and Alex. Okay. Uh, I, I like it. I, I actually like the keyboards. I think it, they're very 80s. They would have been great on like an episode of Hunter for a car chase scene. But uh, as a Van Halen song, I'm going to say, no, it doesn't work. Right. Ooh, that is two no's in a row. That's rare. It's rare when we get those, but here we are. Uh, and uh, as if I even need to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway, because that's the show. Sean, yay or nay? <laughs> I was very clear on our fair warning episode how much I hate this song. So it'd be no surprise to anybody. Even Eric was like, I think Eric thought I was being a little too harsh, but I, I, I don't know. It's it's a skipper for sure. I mean, the solo is great. Alex is great, but it's not enough to carry the song. Mm. <laughs> well, That's all I got. Yeah, that, that, that's all he's got now, but uh, do go over to that episode and uh, listen to, I'm sure, a more in-depth uh, analysis uh, on his reasonings there. Uh, so, Todd, we, we, we befall upon you. Do you agree <laughs> with Sean, or are you going to uh, be contrary? Typical. Yeah, everybody touched, <laughs> everybody touched a good angle of this song so far and they're all exactly right i mean dave this is a dave song this is something that he probably brought up and says you know what this is what i want to do you guys figure it out and it, it, it just kind of went the way it came together like eddie's solo was great i mean he did the same thing with beat it he just walked in here threw something together and he's number <laughs> one so i mean the solo is fine the keyboards i'm not a fan of not not those keyboards like 1984 the, the keyboards on that album are great i don't know if they were just kind of experimenting to see if he could do something but uh to me it was uh it's definitely not one of their best songs Ooh, well there you go uh almost a uh a full sweep so then we turn it over to my co-host Corey. Uh, are you on the same negative train or are you going to shoot for the stars and say that, in <laughs> fact, this is what dreams are made of? All right. I'll tell you what. I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying. And coming into the show and we spun this, I was this dream is over. But there's enough good stuff here. Like, I was on the fence the whole way. There's enough good stuff for me. I'm going to slightly give it, this is what dreams are made of. Because Eddie Solo rocks, Alex kicks ass, and the harmonies are amazing. And Dave is really, yeah, I think his voice kind of fits this song. It reminds me a lot of Just a Gigolo, right? It, it's not a Van Halen song. I agree with you guys on that. Uh, the the synths, I'm not anti-synth, but they sound like shit. Like, I, I, I'm not a big fan of that whole uh, fucking vibe. But... There's enough good stuff here. And I, I don't feel like, the, you know, the, this should have the potential to be an 0 for 6, uh, the, this song. I don't think it's as bad as an Up for Breakfast or, or anything like that or Learning to See, which is a song I hated. There, or Spanked, of course, Kevin's favorite. But there, there there's just enough here. I'm just going to edge it out. And I also feel like because Eric Senich would be here thumbs-upping all the live-long day, he loves this song. 
so I, I got a little bit of Eric on my side too. I, I figured I, I got to throw this a vote uh, on the fence, but there's just enough good stuff. I'm going to say this is what dreams are made of, but barely. And actually, Chas, um, not real happy with the way the vote's going, says, Jesus, good times and parties. Let's listen to some Tool and Nirvana instead. There you go. <laughs> uh, Raven Flame says, uh, this may not be a great song after it's dissected 40 years later, but I remember when it came out and we all found it to be fantastic. Uh, Gene says, this song is one of those instances where the individual parts are greater than the sum. Sure, yeah, all, all that's true. Um, so we got uh, four uh, are definite. This dream is over. Uh, one is a is a slight. Um, that's what dreams are made of. Mark Kamire, you're the last one to vote. What say you? Is this what dreams are made of, or is this dream over? <laughs> Let me tell you, boys, something. Nostalgia is a very powerful thing. Okay, and there's a lot of nostalgia uh, that comes with this particular song. I mentioned uh, the the sister act thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, but then when I heard Van Halen's version, I went, oh, and I'm a kid when I when I heard this uh, this track, and I go, oh, that sounds way better because it's Van Halen. Like, oh, I know who those guys are. Cool. They're actually it's a a good rock band doing this song that should by all intents and purposes not be in their wheelhouse whatsoever and yet I find it enjoyable literally everything uh, Corey said about all the good that is involved with the song is is what I take away with it as well uh, I think the harmonies yeah, there's not a lot of harmonies in it but when they come in they are tight they are they are absolutely on 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 par which is where they need to be that is just I mean that's the beauty of Van Halen really as a band Michael, Eddie, you know, everybody. Um, and honestly, listening to it and knowing what we know about how passionate, for lack of a better term, how passionate Dave was about doing this particular track. And when you know that and you listen to it and you listen to the way he is singing it, I don't know. It almost feels like, look at that. Dave is actually having fun. Fun. And when Dave's having fun, the whole band's having fun because you know, if he's not having fun, then nobody's having fun because he's Mr. Fun Guy. Would it have been better of a track on his solo outing? Probably. But then you wouldn't have gotten that rip-roaring solo by Eddie Van Halen. And honestly, we have discussed tracks in the past that have been not so great that, but have been saved by the beauty of uh, Eddie's solo. I think you could arguably put this particular track in that category too at least for me uh but as i say nostalgia is a powerful thing so if nothing else and again as Corey said i don't disagree with all the points you all made because is it a great van halen song well no because one it's not a van halen song but did they make it their own yeah i think they did in their own kind of way and it works for me uh and that's that's all that really that's all that i need personally so at the risk of being a contrarian there it is for me dancing in the streets is what dreams are made of so there you are the mariano influence is strong the mariano <laughs> influence you've is just rubbed off you were agreeing with him all last week and you know i don't know well i did use the dustbuster not that long ago and when you touch a horcrux you know it's like the influence oh, kind of gets to you a little bit so yeah maybe there's some is mariano in delaware or is he in the background of your of your frame there is he's he right behind you 
He's playing cards with Christy. <laughs> Am I? And he's losing, yeah, right? so fuck him. <laughs> he's going to be delighted. We've mentioned him so many times on this broadcast. So. Oh, yeah. He, he will. Of course. It's, uh, he's going to start a new podcast with you, Corey, and uh, it's going to be fuck. just about uh, him. That's all I need is another goddamn podcast. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got to piss, Mark. Why don't you wrap this one up so we can take a break before show two? That's right. We are live, so uh, there you go. Uh, you guys, that will do it for uh, show number one, you guys. That's right. We are doing two shows because it's a live show. But on behalf of everybody on the panel, uh, Kevin, Scott, Sean, Todd, and Corey and myself, uh, there you go. Uh, we'll be. Please tune in for part two of our uh, show next week uh, if you're tuning in uh, after the live show. But if you're here with us live, just stay put because we're going to come back at you again with another show, with another spin of the wheel from Van Halen. We are, and the podcast will rock, and we will rock you later. Happy holidays.